This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 61 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. We would like to thank our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products. They offer supplements designed to give you the most value for your dollars. Visit them at kppusa.com. show plan for this week features part two of our series with Heather Blitz on body awareness and mental preparation. I'd been riding probably 10 years already in dressage before I took my first lesson in rider biomechanics, body awareness. The biggest thing that really sold me was how effective I became the first and second lesson that I ever took, uh, learning more about my body and how to use it and how it affects the horse. This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. And I'm joined again this week with Heather Blitz. Heather, thank you for coming back on the show. Well, you're welcome. Glad to be here again. Uh, Well, we're going to continue where we left off last week, I think, um, with this series, this two-part series on some really, I think, very helpful hints on uh, subjects that are very dear to your heart and, of course, were part of your fun- fundamental training with Mary Wanless, weren't they? The body awareness and the mental preparation to riding. Spent a lot of years doing it, yeah. Very instrumental uh, in my career development. So see what kind of advice I can give you today. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit more about that. How, why that attracted you so much when you first met Mary and why you focused in on that particular form of uh, training, Heather? Well, that's a great question, and I'll try not to make it a novel of an answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that the, the biggest thing that really sold me was, you know, how effective I became, you know, the first and second lesson that I ever took in uh, in that department, uh, learning more about my body and how to use it and how it affects the horse. And I'd been riding probably 10 years already in dressage before I took my first lesson in rider biomechanics, body awareness. And so I had already developed plenty of kind of dead-end habits um, and kind of ways of riding that were changed so quickly um, it also just is a, it's a very scientific approach and, um, also from Mary Wanless learning from her, um, she is a, an instructor and an educator who uses such explicit language that you don't have to feel like you're not experienced enough to understand what she's saying. And, um, a lot of other clinicians and trainers, um, at all levels, lower level to international tend to use words that if you know what the words mean, you'll be fine because you'll be able to make your body or your horse do something that relates to what the phrase means, even if the phrase isn't all that explicit. I mean, something as simple as more forward is a perfect example because that's used very, very commonly. You hear it all the time, more forward. And if you ask me, there are at least five different descriptions of what forward could be, and they're all five quite different. Um, and, and then in a body awareness sense, you know, you might have uh, heard the term sit up or um, 
sit tall, straighten up, whatever. Um, some common terms like that, that again, with each rider's body being different, each rider is going to have to access their body in a different way, most likely, to be able to answer that request. Um, so the education that I got ever since I met Mary has just been very specific uh, um, on terms that make sense. What is being asked asked of me is um, clearly enough understood. Something, for instance, instead of saying sit up, it might be, um, you know, raise or lower the sternum, um, maybe engage the lats at the back half of your armpit, you know, something like that that's really quite specific that you can tell exactly what that means and what, what muscle in your body to activate when it's told to you. Um, rather than sort of guessing, well, I wonder what sit up means. Maybe I'll change my rib cage. Maybe I will lean forward. Maybe I will, you know, maybe, maybe until you try something and then you get a, yeah, that's it. So that can be sort of a more traditional language. But um, this system of body awareness and biomechanics that I learned is uh, got so many different um, facets, so many different reasons for it to have been such an attraction to me. And I have just never even blinked about looking back or doing another system. I mean, of course, I learn a lot about training methods and learn from the horses too. So it's a, it's an element that goes along with the whole picture. Um, but it's just been huge. And you go, go around the country with your clinics, your mind, your riding clinics, and there you're just really, you're, you're perpetuating that philosophy. Do you find you get the same reaction from new students that to, to this system uh, who may have, tra- have been training with other trainers and, and maybe new to this system. Uh, it's similarly to the way you responded to it when you first got to know it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, almost every time, especially if they're new students. And, um, you know, I love to see, of course, repeat clients and repeat students um, because I love to see their progress and how much they're working and to add new layers onto what they've already worked on. That's really great. But I also really enjoy new students who have not been um, shown rider biomechanics before in their riding and just to see usually just night and day difference in so many riders. And sometimes you might be able to just change something very small in a rider's body. And I mean, I've had riders and FEI riders come to my clinics and be doing quite a nice job, but having some things that are just naggingly not going away and might be able to just target a certain part of their body that's not quite plugged in in the right way and just turn that into something different. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they can have these kind of epiphanies too, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I finally fixed that. So I see it at all levels, at the training level riders, all the way up to the FEI riders. And, and the, the like revelations are almost, um, almost equal no matter what level they're riding. So I do see it a lot. Well, we're going to take that body awareness as our first segment this week, Heather, and and really look into that, how to use your body evenly and find the balance between relaxation and correctly engaging your muscles. And, you know, the first thing I would ask if... If you don't have an awareness of, of your body muscles or don't know what they're called even, some people might think, well, which one is she talking about? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have do – you, you don't use the Latin equivalent, I'm sure. Uh, you, you put it in layman's terms. Do you find that people get an awareness like of their body that they've never had before and they understand the muscles in a way that they've never had before? Some. 
for sure some um a lot of writers come to the lessons knowing quite a bit about their bodies but you know maybe they haven't thought about it in terms of being on the back of a horse maybe they've done it in the gym or in other gymnastics or yoga you know a lot of writers are into other things um where they might get that sort of awareness so i would say more writers come to me with some you know knowledge of different muscles and you know the mechanics of their body in different ways but you know this that they haven't necessarily put it together in their writing and um of course some have that too and if they don't if i'm teaching somebody and they don't know what a latissimus dorsi is or the quads or the hamstrings of course they can easily point it out and you know knowing the names of the muscles it of course isn't that important just as long as if i say that place in the body that they know where to respond in their body um you know, so so you can get technical on the names of different body parts, and that uh, you know I'm not superstar on that. I don't know all the names either, but I know um, what to access when I'm told what to you know what to change or what to do, and I just want to get that across with my students too. And if I ask them to um, strengthen or engage a certain part of their muscle, I just want to make sure that the words that I use gets that part of their body to to react. Um, so that, that's really the most important thing more than, you know, the actual Latin terms or, you know, having to worry about really studying the body in a way that would be hard, just memorization. Well, let's take a typical situation where you're at a clinic and you've maybe got some new riders and you're going to evaluate them as they come in with their horse and they start to walk around and warm up and you will begin to identify those areas of their body, which, you know, maybe have, have a, maybe has a weakness and they're not using correctly. Talk us through that initial assessment and, and how you get the riders to understand how to use their body evenly and find that balance between relaxation and correctly engaging their muscles? Well, if it's a student I've never seen before, I just let um, them ride around for a few minutes, walk, trot, canter both directions, nothing, you know, nothing um, sophisticated yet. But just to watch them in their body and how they balance, how, and, of course, how the horse is balanced. Um, their body sort of texture or um, stillness, the the tone of their muscles. The first thing I would probably look for, um, and it, it varies on the student or the rider, of course, because the weakest link is going to jump out at me and I would start with whatever the weakest link is. But if I just was going to go through a sort of an order, sort of a, of importance, the first thing is that the rider looks balanced as if the horse doesn't need to be underneath the rider if i could just make the horse disappear like erase the horse from the picture by photoshop and the rider would land on the arena i have to see that the rider would land on his or her feet and stay standing on their feet with their knees bent and whatever but in a balance that they wouldn't fall forward or fall backwards if the horse just instantly disappeared and they landed on the arena and if you look, if you think of that picture when you look at a new student or a new rider, um, that can lead you to what their weakest link might be just in a, in a side view balance question. Um, and I think most riders, if I made the horse disappear by magic, most riders that I see would probably land on their feet and take a step, kind of have to take a step backward to balance or they would fall backward if you remove the horse really quickly. That's sort of a typical um, pattern. 
Some, of course, would, t- would tip forward, but most, I think, would tip backward. Um, another thing I might look for is whether the rider is in control of the tempo of the horse. In most cases, the horses are going slower than what the rider is asking, or the horses are going faster than what the riders would, would be asking for. And um, so that that second sort of question or, or picture that I'm looking for can lead you to the next things that might be going right or wrong with the riders. And um, those are probably the two basic things to start with and new riders that I see. And, and that's almost enough to start out because they can open up sort of a can of worms on almost everybody that I see. Um, maybe a third one might be, you know, what would happen if the reins all of a sudden broke during a moment of a half halt, you know, if the rider had some weight in the rein, um, just thinking when the, when the hand is closed on the rein or when there is a, a pressure on the rein, you know, what would happen to the horse and the rider if the reins just broke by surprise is another really great, great question to just think about where there might be resistances and sort of the rider relying on the horse or the horse leaning on the rider in places that shouldn't be. And that usually gives me a big, um, a big idea about where the rider needs to change. Do you get riders that come in that might be a little bit nervous, might be a little bit apprehensive about riding in front of you for the first time and, and make, having to make changes um, that, you know, just a, a total sort of unfamiliarity to them and, and until they relax and get comfortable and you find that there is tension in their body um, that just needs to work its way out. How, do you identify that with a rider and, and see them to be nervous and therefore it's showing in their body? Yeah, I think that can be pretty typical. Um, any rider that comes to a new clinician can have a sense of nervousness and they may not show at first in the lesson what they really do and how they really ride at home, but perhaps that's how they ride at shows. If they're nervous riders, they might also get nervous at shows. So um, I don't um, criticize too much in the very beginning if I get the sense that the rider is a little nervous in the beginning. Um but I try to make the riders feel comfortable that everyone is here in the same boat trying to figure out this nearly impossible sport of dressage, um, you know, how, how to make it perfect if that's possible. Um, and I try to just bite off the, the smallest uh, or no bigger of a chunk of information then I get the sense that that rider can handle at that point, whether it's a mental kind of obstruction or a physical. Um, I try to just, you know, make the goal or make the task for the beginning to be something that can just be an icebreaker, might be something just really fun and not very um, intense if the rider is ready for it. Um, or it can be just something small. We can just stop and do some talking about Riders, you know, their balance and their, or just how their seat bones feel in the saddle. You know, we can talk about small things that happen in walk or even halt until I get the feeling the rider can start breathing and stuff like that. But that's, that, um, you know, I, I might get a sense of that too. If I rode in front of a brand new clinician that I wasn't sure what they were looking for, I might um, be thinking, oh gosh, are they, I wonder if they're going to like what I'm doing. And I can, I can understand getting in that mentality, but it usually goes away in the first 10 or 15 minutes. 
Terrific. Well, I think that leads us to uh, our next segment, uh, which we're going to talk about here in a little minute, in, in, in a moment, Heather, and that is uh, mind over matter and how to present yourself mentally and emotionally to your horse. So let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll continue in this second part of the series with Heather Blitz on mind over matter. Choosing a supplement can be confusing. How do you know which ones are right for your horse? Kentucky Performance Products will simplify your search for effective research-proven supplements that meet the challenges of today's horses. And this week's highlight product is Contribute Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplement. The properties of omega-3 fatty acids benefit every system in your horse's body. Contribute improves breeding efficiency in mares and stallions. Maintains soundness and protects joints from damaging inflammation. Sustains a strong immune response in horses of all ages and decreases the levels of inflammation in your horse's body by sustaining adequate omega-3 fatty acid levels. Learn more about Contribute Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplement and all the other products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, Heather, it's one thing to be aware of your body, but we're not always aware of what we're bringing to the barn mentally and emotionally, and especially for amateur riders who might have had a bad day at the office or might have had an emotional day. But there is that element that is just as important, isn't it, how we present ourselves mentally and emotionally to a horse? Well, it sure is. They, they're um, very sensitive, I think, to all of our emotions and... Uh, when we have a bad day at the office, um, you know, I am no psychiatrist, but I know there are lots of sources of information on how to maybe meditate, how to clear your head, how to be ready to interact with your horse um, on a on a fair mental level. It's it's really important, and it's the and it's very fair. Um, you know, if you, it can also happen the other way that if you come out to the barn and you want to interact with your horse in a way that he's responsible to make your day really great. <laughs> um, that can also be a little bit unfair because, you know, it may not be his job to have to like pump you up and make you, you happy. Of course, I mean, my horses are like my happy drug too. But, um, you know, you just, you just don't want to put your emotions, whether they're too happy or too sad, um, too fearful or too um, aggressive, uh, in your horse's way or, you know, in making it his responsibility. They're really a sen- very, very sensitive to all of your emotions. And they can definitely f- feel if you correct them with anger behind your corrections, then you're really going to go the wrong way. Um, they can sense fear probably, I think, more than any of your other emotions. Um, and timidness and fear are really tough ones. And you have to feel like you've got that you're dealing with a horse that you are at least confident enough to be around. Um, let's say if 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 a, on a scale from one to ten, and if ten is the most fear you can feel, and zero is complete confidence, that I wouldn't suggest dealing with a horse that you feel more like higher than maybe a four or maybe a five on that scale. Anything more than that, and I think it's just not a good idea. And if that is the case, and fear is one of your emotions that you bring to your horse, then um, definitely seek professional um, help with your horse and, you know, let somebody help you or your horse get past that, which which causes those fear issues. Fear is a really um, 
difficult one to have around horses. And anger, um, it's got to be second. It's just got to be complete. Not it can't it can't be that you correct your horse with any anger or emotion. And um, then, yeah, just the more you, they feel that you're you're confident in what you're doing and that you're happy for whatever they can give you that day. Um, if if they give you a good effort and they try and they trust you and listen, that you're very happy with them and um, they definitely sent positive reinforcement. So all those things take such a clear, you know, middle fo- middle of the road kind of focused mentality when you show up to the barn. And um, if, uh, you know, if that's hard to get yourself in that place, you really have to consider, you know, what other sources of information you can gather to um to learn how to get your your uh, yourself there because it's a it's a big thing with horses and i i think the other thing we should say heather that if you come to the barn having had a bad day and you think well maybe i just need some barn therapy and i'll get over this and i'll be able to ride my horse but if 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 you're just not in a good place either physically or emotionally but we're talking mainly about the emotional and mental state that you know whatever you bring to the barn it's okay to take a day off. It's okay to just go out for a hack and not expect your horse to work, work because you're just not in. You're, you know, preoccupied. There's a lot going on in, on your on your mind for whatever reason. It, it's okay to give yourself a break too and give the horse a break. Yeah, there is nothing wrong with that. You know, hard work every day is a good theory and a good concept and all, but um, not real realistic. They need breaks. We need breaks, and um, there's always tomorrow. Yeah, and I, you know, and remember that you know we do it for fun too. You know, and you should be feeling good about yourself and about your horse when you go to the barn, whether you're, you know, the once a week rider or when, whether you're, you know, an amateur who's competing at the lower levels. Uh, however, whatever your level of enjoyment and involvement with horses, it 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 should be enjoyment. It should be fun, and and you should be in a good good place because you unless you are you can't give your yourself the best to your horse and you can't expect the horse to respond to his best either well that's true and you know fun it, you know, educating a horse is fun so fun doesn't mean only that you're taking it really easy and you know not being productive because also really productive education ed- educational sessions with your horse even if there's a little stress involved because it's a new thing and they really have to dig a little bit deeper to figure out a new thing. I mean, as long as that's also fun and it's not a matter of I must do this or I'm not going to be a good rider or if my horse can't do this to me for me, then he's a bad horse. As long as it's just, you know, also when, when you're productively educating, that's also got to be rewarding for your horse and for you. So that's a way to think about how it's fun um, in that case, too. So. Going galloping down the beach is a blast, but also riding and teaching your horse a little bit more about engagement in the ring is just as really um, satisfying, productive, kind of constructive work. Yeah, it's it's so hugely satisfying, isn't it, the whole training process? 
Well, I think it is. And I think the horses really glean from it, too, because they get confidence not only in themselves, but they get confidence in you as their, you know, as their fearless leader, as the one they respect for being so sure of themselves and also kind and rewarding when um, when that's deserved, too. So I really think the horses have a sense of satisfaction and and just being, uh, you know, bettering, uh, being being better themselves. I really think they get a sense of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're right. Well, what do you do, Heather, if you, you know, come into the barn and, you know, things are just not in a good place for you mentally and emotionally? How do you, how do you overcome that? Do you, are you able to leave it in the house? Are you, do, you do, do you go through a process to get yourself in a good place? So how do you make that adjustment before you get on a horse? You know, music really does a lot for me. And um, I can... Uh, take selections off my iPod that I know get me in a certain place mentally, maybe not immediately, but... I thought you were going to tell us you sang then for a minute. Oh, I wish I could. <laughs> no, you wouldn't want to hear that. <laughs> and the place I sing is in my car with no passengers. <laughs> no, but uh, just listening to certain types of music, if I really have a, um, a lot of stress that I just can't stop my mind, you know, I also do it if I can't sleep at night because my brain won't stop obsessing on something. I, if I come to the barn and I'm that way, I will either use it as a hack day um, or I will listen to some music. That that usually that does a lot for me, but I have to have pieces that I already know, you know, are sort of like meditation for me. So it's not just arbitrary music on the radio, but I have pieces that I know get me in the right, in the right mental place. And I'll, I'll do that if I really need to. All right. Well, you've opened the door to that one, uh, Heather. So, which, which pieces of music do you? What, what, what's your favorite tunes? What are the ones that you would, you would uh, zoom in on then, the, the, on your iPod? Well, it depends. Almost anything by Chopin will do it. Um, that's just a that's a no brainer to me. Um, I also love. This is a big contrast, but I also love um, Radiohead. I don't know if you know that band. Mm-hmm. But that puts me in a in a zone that is just really focused and concentrated. And for whatever reason, it's that. It just is. And there are a few more, but that's to start with. Terrific. Well, there's quite a contrast there between Radio yeah, Head and Chopin. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Don't ask me why. There's no rhyme or reason. <laughs> well, I think that's great advice. You know, turn to music. It, it really does soothe the soul. Well, great advice all around, Heather. We really appreciate you spending time and sharing this with us. And uh, if you want to find out more about Heather and her techniques, you just go to our website, heatherblitz.info, and, and also the links there to Mary Wanless's books. I know you've been the model for Mary Wanless's books, haven't you? Yep, I was, uh, both on Arabella um, and on Otto. And, um, yeah, that was a nice, a nice thing to be able to do. Well, terrific. Well, hopefully one day you'll write a book too, so we'll be able to link to that as well. Well, I have been um, asked that question, and I think one of these decades it might happen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I want to remind everybody that you can find our show notes, as always, on dressageradio.com or visit our fan page on Facebook. And don't forget, uh, we're on Twitter as ever. We tweet away at Horse Radio and Chris E. Stafford. You can also contact me at chris at horseradionetwork.com. Shoot me an email with your questions, comments, suggestions. Always love to hear from you. And if you prefer, you can leave a voicemail for me at 270-803-0025. I want to thank our sponsors and our crew here for getting these shows out to you every week. And I again, our thanks to our 
guest for these past two weeks on this special series, this two-part series with uh, Heather Blitz. Heather, thank you so much for being with us. You're so welcome. Well, come back and see us soon. Have a great summer. Stay cool out there. When you stay cool up there in Lexington, I've seen your temps haven't been that cool. <laughs> no, they really haven't. All right, Heather, always a joy to have you. Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, thank you all for listening at home around the world. Now I know we're in 42 countries. We really appreciate you tuning into the Dressage Radio Show every week. Don't forget, I'll be back here same time, same place next week. And until then, don't forget to always practice safe riding by wearing your helmet. Mm-hmm.